You're listening to episode three of the Design Influence with Albie Knows. Hey y'all, it is Albie here and can you tell that I'm excited? I'm really excited because today's episode is a super special one. It is my first episode with a guest. Like y'all are always going to get me running my mouth, but sometimes, and I've said this before, if it's not my area of expertise or if it's just a conversation that I feel like needs multiple voices, I'm going to bring on my friends. And today I'm hanging out with Carmion Hamilton. Carmion is a graduate of the University of Central Arkansas. She graduated with her degree in interior design and from there started her career in healthcare design. She was later pulled into the world of residential, but it wasn't until she discovered retail and environmental design that she really felt like she was able to explore her true passions for interiors and decor. From there, she realized she could actually apply her analytical thinking to a vast array of design spaces. So in addition to now being the founder and principal designer of her own design company, Newbie Interiors. She's also the buyer and environmental designer for Stash Home, sourcing home decor products to bring to consumers throughout the Mid-South. She's had such a prominent role in the retail world that she gets a window of understanding to the consumer in every stage of their buying journey. And this has given her a leg up in understanding their needs and their wants, as clients and as consumers, no matter where they are on their design journey. Outside of design, she shares her life and spends her time with her husband, Marcus, and her son, Davin, in the beautiful city of Memphis, Tennessee. Today, she is sharing with us her insights on some of my fave topics and topics that I know you guys are going to love too. We're talking about setting boundaries so that you can create balance, especially when you're wearing so many hats. We're talking about understanding and converting potential clients. Cha-ching! And we are talking about how Instagram, her Instagram specifically, has grown a whole life of its own. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. Actually, I know you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So grab your tea, your water, your coffee, whatever, and let's dive in. Welcome to The Design Influence, a show dedicated to changing the conversation and creating impact on and offline. The Design Influence is all about you, the online designpreneur, helping you be a better designer and entrepreneur in this new digital landscape. I'm your hostess with the mostest, online interior designer, content creator, and nonstop idea machine, Albie of Albie Knows Online Interior Design. If you're ready for some candid and caffeinated conversations about everything from decoding interior design tools to growing pains as an entrepreneur to figuring out what the heck it means to be an influencer, then turn up your earbuds and let's dive in. Hey, Carmion. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. I've told our people why you're awesome and what to expect from you, but I'm going to let you just kind of give a quick and dirty rundown of who you are and then we're going to jump right into our conversation. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Well, I am Carmion Hamilton. I am the owner and principal designer of Newbie Interiors. It is an interior design firm 
full-service interior design firm here in Memphis, Tennessee, where I provide services for mostly residential clients, but I do get the occasional commercial client. Um, I am also the full-time merchandising manager for Stash Home, which is a local furniture retailer based here in Memphis. And so I manage every single piece of product that comes in and goes out of our store from buying it to tracking the sales on it to deciding it's time to get rid of it. So that's <laughs> me uh, every day. Oh, and I'm married. I've been married for seven years. I have a almost 10-year-old son um, and love life at this moment. Everything's going really great. <laughs> That is awesome. Like, I mean, and not for nothing, that is something that I think everyone tries to achieve where everything just aligns and feels good. Yes. So that is good that like you were at a place where everything just feels happy and good. Yes. So you wear a lot of hats. And I mean, nowadays, no one ever really does. Right. <laughs> um, but specifically with those two roles, you know, you have your firm, but then you have, you know, your retail, you know, design role. What's it been like being in the design space, but in two pretty different roles? Well, um, you know, now that I've been in both for, well, I've had my design business for six years and I've been with Stash for four. The longer I've been in both simultaneously has helped the other side. So as the merchandising manager for Stash, uh, being able to, Mad, like on a mass level select product for customers to buy. It's very different from being very specific for a client where you're having to pick out that one special piece for that one special person. But being able to select product on a mass level gives me the ability to be able to get narrow and laser focused for when I'm having to deal with a client because I've seen so much like going out into the marketplace and going to market, seeing everything that's out there, I have a memory that allows me to know exactly where to go when I'm looking for something very specific. And then working with clients and having that very specific need from that one person, I know I can um, select things for stash that are going to fit the need for several people. So it's great to have both. Um, one is very specific. One gets very broad, but they play hand in hand for me. I love how you talk about how one essentially feeds the other. Yes. Working with clients lets you know what you should be buying for the marketplace. Yes. And working in the marketplace lets you quickly identify what's going to fit a specific client. Yes, exactly. I, I love that. And we actually met at this past fall market. So I'm curious what role were you there as at market as both a designer and as the merchandiser or were you there for one or the other? Um, well, I get the opportunity to go to market as the merchandising manager. So stash, uh, pays for me to fly to market. They house me. And so when I'm at market, I am there as a merchandising manager, selecting product for our stores and also capturing trends and everything for the store. But, as I'm there, I get the benefit of also wearing multiple hats and identifying things for clients. Um, so Stash gets me there, but I put on <laughs> both hats while I'm there. And I, I love that you are able to do the two, but there's no conflict, you know? So right. 
do you do you ever feel like aside from I guess legal conflict that sometimes people encounter with two businesses there's also typically a creative conflict but it sounds like you're able to be passionate equally about both without ever feeling like one's taken from the other or I'm burnt out or I need to give up one yes so the great thing especially working with stash so number one they're a family-owned company and the VP of the stash brand is one of the owners of the brand so I work with him hand in hand almost every day. So they are all very aware. I mean, I have a public page on Instagram. So everyone here is aware that I have a business. Um, and we all understand that, okay, from eight to five, the stash has my full attention. But after five o'clock, I have other things I need to do. And I have clients I need to take care of. But they are very supportive of me and what I have going on on the outside world. Um, also make it very clear to my clients that, look, from eight to five, I'm handling business with my full time job. Um, so you guys get me when you get me, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> but yes, I make it very clear to everyone, like anyone that comes into a stash store, we have four, but anyone that comes into a stash store looking for me, they are not a newbie interiors client. And I also make it very clear and almost a separate transaction if my clients are interested in stash product. So I let them go through the entire stash process. I don't make commission off of that sale. Like I treat it as if they were just a normal person walking into the store. So as much as both are great for each other, I try to keep them very separate. I love that because it, that comes with a level of discipline and balance that can, I mean, those lines can easily get blurred yes, easily. when you're wearing <laughs> hats. Um, and especially like uh, that piece where you talk about, even if your client is making a purchase from stash, you let it go through the stash purchasing process. Yes. There aren't any special exceptions or anything that you're making. And that level of discipline, I imagine, is something that you've had to exercise throughout both business roles. Because as you mentioned, you're also a wife and a mom. You have a presence on Instagram. You have a blog. I can't imagine if you weren't disciplined in this way <laughs> that one of those things, if not all of them, might have gone up and playing. Uh, right <laughs> exactly. There has to be boundaries. And that's the only way that I can keep myself and both entities successfully like there are no lines being crossed I would never compromise my full-time job because of things that I'm doing on the side and I would never compromise the integrity of my client relationship with newbie interiors because of something that stash has done so I, I have to keep things separate in order for everyone to be on the up and up and for everyone to stay sane and for my own personal sanity so yes boundaries are key and so for, you know, the listener who maybe has another full-time job that might be design adjacent, similar to you, but not necessarily, you know, as a, you know, a designer, how, do, how would you advise them to really start to find that discipline if they're feeling overwhelmed or like they have to make a choice? What's a suggestion that you could make for them to really kind of get their life together, basically? Well, you know, I, I recently came across something um, that Miley Teal, uh, oh, love yes, her. love her, that she 
um, made a point of on her Instagram recently. And it was, you know, everyone's trying to get organized, but it's very important to prioritize before you organize. And I know when it comes to my business and also my job that I, my priority is the company that's paying me, a, that's sending me a paycheck every two weeks. Like I have a salary for this company. I have a responsibility to this company. They pay me to work from eight to five. And so they are a priority. So I make sure that whatever my duties are for that job or what gets done first. And then I prioritize the things for my clients then, but only after my family is taken care of. So it's all about prioritizing and it's very hard to find balance, but balance is one of those things that technically doesn't exist when you're in the midst of everything. Like, and every day is different. Like Sash can consume 10 hours one day and it can be two hours the next. Um, it just depends on what's happening because that's the world of retail. And the same thing is uh, with a client. Like I can handle some client stuff in an hour and be able to hang out with my family for six hours or my husband may have a football game that he wants to go watch with his friends. Like everything is fluid, but you have to learn to prioritize. So for me, it's, yes, it's, it's about prioritizing. I love that. Cause, and, and that's definitely key. And I actually do remember when my leak shared that because often, you know, especially as the entrepreneur, people are just trying to give everything equal space. Yes. You know, they want to, tend to their clients their family their personal life their social life their social media life (laughs) their life yes and it's fact is everything can't hold the same amount of space exactly um or things you're just gonna everything's gonna fall apart at at some point so i love that and how has that businesses you know i i see how you balance the business but how has that affected the way you show up in the other areas of your life as, you know, a wife and a mom and a content creator? Well, I'm truly blessed with a husband and a son who are completely self-sufficient until they're hungry. So (laughs) (laughs) as long as they're fed, they typically don't need me. Um, My husband is very uh, open-minded and aware of the things that I have going on. And he knows that we're at a position in our lives right now that to get where we want to be later on in life. There are sacrifices that have to be made. And one of those sacrifices is time. But we also understand that we can feel in the atmosphere when it's time to to reconnect and have our time with ourselves. But a majority of the time he's like, go and do what you have to do. So I have that that freedom to do that. And I can do what I have to do without the guilt of my family feeling like that they're missing something if I'm not physically there all the time. So it's purely the reason that I'm able to do what I do is that they don't need me <laughs> as much as they used to. Um, no, I get it. I have a toddler, so I get the difference <laughs> between a 10-year-old not needing yes. and a toddler. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and to be clear, for our listeners, your husband isn't part of your business. He is not. He does. He is not part of my business. He's a sounding board for when I have new opportunities that come up, but... Other than that, he's like, I don't have a clue of what you're talking about. Just go get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably usually the best thing because I can run things by my husband without him being kind of like 
blinded by the things that maybe creatives yes. are blinded by. So yes. I think that sometimes that is the best thing. He can be practical and then go back to whatever yes, he was doing. Exactly. Exactly. It's really good to not have someone that's emotionally invested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like I just need you to hear me for two minutes and okay, leave me alone. I can handle it from here. And he's perfectly yep. good with that. <laughs> that I mean, and that's I think that plays a part in having that balance. You know, because it can be a lot that you're managing in your head. And now I first came across, you know, you and what your awesomeness through Instagram. And you sh- you share a-, a lot of pieces of yourself um, in Instagram. And in- for anyone who's not following her, um, it's at Newbie Interiors. You need to go follow her because there's there's a lot of plants, there's a lot of color, there's a lot of laughs. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you are going to have a good yes. time. Have, you'll have a blast over on Newbie Interiors. Now, how has that, I guess the name is Newbie Interiors, so that definitely has nothing to do with your role as a merchandising manager. It seems like Newbie Interiors has become an outlet for you. How has that helped you um, also in this kind of balancing? Well, so Newbie Interiors is the name of my business, my interior design business. And I mean, I've been on Instagram for a good eight years, I believe. And so the growth has been slow, very slow to say the least. And originally, of course, I was using Instagram the way everybody else was using Instagram. Here's what I ate today. And here's my <laughs> outfit today. Like it was just, uh, yeah, exactly. It was just another Facebook in short form. So, um, but when I decided to take my business seriously about five or six years ago is when I converted, um, the, my feed to more of an interiors, uh, feel sharing things that I was working on or my own personal home. Um, and that actually, um, was a really slow period for my Instagram growth. Um, Before I started sharing interiors, I got a lot of uh, attention for my hair. So if you follow, (laughs) if you've seen me on Instagram, you'll know that I have a hair that has pretty much, I mean, a head of hair that has a personality of its own. Like I I wear my natural (laughs) hair. um, And before was enough, but now that it's purple, it's like even this bigger deal. So I got a lot of attention, a lot of followers, a lot of engagement because people wanted to talk about my hair all the time. So when I switched to interiors, my, my feed was consistent. Um, it flowed, it was pretty and everything, but, um, engagement wasn't, it definitely wasn't what it is right now. And what really changed the game for me was Instagram stories when people were able to connect with me personally outside of connecting with my home. Um, And so that is where I have found that the magic happens. When people can connect with me, they can hear me talking every day. I still give them information about my hair and what I'm wearing and what I ate or what I cooked and things. And still I'm able to keep my feed um, very uh, business focused and pretty. Um, but also since people are now engaging with me, my business is no longer just interiors. Like I'm doing brand partnerships with people who 
want to focus on my hair or people that want to focus on my home or companies that want to jump on this newbie interiors train that's going right now. Um, so that's now what my feed shows. They show my family, they show whatever outfit I had on that day because these brand partnerships are now looking for people uh, that are showing more of a lifestyle um, instead of a, a niche. And so with that lifestyle is everything that surrounds me, which is not just interiors anymore. So you get a little bit of everything nowadays and that brings on more people. It sounds like, you know, your your business is essentially evolving into a personal brand, a lifestyle brand. Indeed. That is exactly what's happening. <laughs> and so for our listeners, just so you know, there's some context, at the time of recording, you're at about 12,000 followers. Yeah, just, just short. 11,800-ish currently. So we're, we're going to change that. I need 200 of you to go follow her. I like whole numbers. <laughs> But you, you did mention that it was a, you know, there was a slow period as you started to kind of really niche down. Yes. And what did that do for you as a creative? Did you feel like, do people not care about my interiors? Or like, how did that affect how you started to show up? Well, uh, if at all. At that time, you know, I don't know if I took it negatively. It was when... It was when Insta stories came up uh, around is when I noticed how different the engagement was between my feed and stories. So it was the addition of stories that where I noticed the difference. So I didn't really know that I was lacking in my feed because my feed was just the feed. And that was all of the information that I had uh, to base any context around. But when Stories was introduced a couple years ago, I think two years ago, maybe even a year and a half ago, I don't even know. Um, but I, I feel like maybe two, yeah, it might have just had a two-year mark. Maybe. maybe. Um, but yes, the introduction of, of Stories is where I noticed the major difference. And of course, people talk about this algorithm and things like that, but I didn't really, the algorithm has never really made me feel any certain way about Instagram or how I conduct my feed or anything like that. But the difference between the feed and stories was almost night and day. And that's when I noticed I needed to start including more of my self and my life into my feed, which converted it to a lifestyle feed instead of just an interior feed because stories told me to. <laughs> that you realized people wanted more of that. So why not? Why not give it to them? Exactly. I know that a lot of you are like me and probably like today's guest, and you wear a lot of hats. You're juggling a household, a business, maybe a side hustle, and just life in general. So you're always looking for a way to keep your business on track and organized. As both a designer and content creator, um, I have loved using Gather for making hashtag all the things easy to manage, in my business. So I'm talking about product specifications, project details, budget tracking, and kind of all those back-end details on a platform that is super user-friendly and it's visual. You know, as creatives, we love our pretty things. So I would love for you to check out Gather 
and I know you're going to love it. So head over to thedesigninfluence.com forward slash gather to get started with a free extended trial. Test them out for yourself. And I promise you are going to see so quickly how all those hats start to feel a little bit better sitting on top of your head. Now let's get to the conversation. So for the designer, you know, who's struggling with finding their voice, so to speak, on social media, um, you know, we're, we're talking about Instagram, so we'll, we'll focus on Instagram. Um, but whether it's, you know, Facebook or Twitter or wherever else people are hanging out these days, I don't know. You know, but they find themselves overwhelmed with just managing it. Um, you have your blog, you have clients, you have, you know, your nine to five. The, that, that designer who's struggling with, who am I talking to, you know, on my feed? What do I give them? What advice would you have for them? Um, well, one, check your analytics because Instagram specifically will tell you who you're talking to, like 89 percent of my followers are women between the ages of 24 and 34. So I know exactly who I'm talking to on a day-to-day basis. (laughs) So check your analytics first, but also you have to be a little self-reflective and, and personally, I'm a realist. Like who are the people that I'm talking to outside of Instagram every day? All who are my friends, who are my clients, who are the people that I want to be my clients. And I talk to those people directly when I'm on Instagram. Even if my my Instagram feed was telling me your audience is 45 years old, and I'm like, okay, let's let's figure out why I'm I'm uh, on Instagram attracting women. Uh, <laughs> attra- exactly. Why are these people finding me? And I do a little self-reflection and figure out how to target the people that I actually want to be talking to, which are people my age. I'm 33 years old. I want to talk to people that understand the world that I'm living in currently, which is going to be other younger to mid 30 year olds themselves. So that kind of find, that same space. So really understanding yes. that, that audience that you're reaching. Yes. Yes. Understanding. So analytics helps, but also, checking the people that you interact with every day. And just to kind of bring it back, you know, you, you have this other, you know, job that you have, um, but that's a whole separate identity that doesn't really bleed into your Instagram too, too much. Are you responsible for that account as well? Well, I contribute a lot of the content on our stash account. So, um, when I go to market, I, if you're following the stash account at the time I'm at market, you see very little from the newbie interiors account throughout the day because stash is paying me to be at market for stash. So all of the content that you see on the stash account is me photographing and videoing everything at market. I also, anytime we're doing things in our stores, I take pictures and things like that and provide them to our marketing team for them to share um, a lot of the product that I'm bringing in, I provide that information to our marketing team for them to share. So yes, I'm a huge contributor to the stash account. I don't run the account day to day. We have someone that does that for us. Thank God, because I wouldn't be able to do that, um, and do my job as the merchandising manager. Um, but I do contribute a ton to the stash, uh, social platform. And, and that's a different kind of voice, 
you know, that's um, definitely a more curated um, Instagram. And same advice, though, do you think for someone who maybe is running a retail space or something a little bit more curated, it starts with knowing who is knowing who who you're talking to? Yes, knowing who you're talking to. So, I mean, working for a brand, they have the financial capabilities to hire these companies that come in and tell us who we're talking to and how our voice should sound and what our brand should be and all of those things. So everything is was fed to the stash brand um, in, in one aspect. I mean, being in the stash brand, you kind of know who you're talking to and who you want your customer to be. But as a, a smaller brand or a smaller retailer or someone, it's just a, a solo, a solopreneur. Yes. Like you still have to understand who you want your customer to be and then speak directly to that customer. But a lot of customers nowadays, a lot of this uh, brand loyalty that you see nowadays is coming from customers who want to develop a connection with the brands that they are buying. So you still have to give them a little bit of yourself to create that personal relationship with the people that you're wanting to purchase from you. Yeah, Same way with a client. Business as usual. Correct. Correct. It can't all be business. There has to be something that gives them a why to buy from you. There has to be something personal. There has to be some kind of heartstring being pulled on to make them come and do business with you. So with that being said, have you been able to successfully, because this is a real concern that I hear from a lot of designers. I have a lot of followers, but you know, none of them are my clients or none of them are buying from me. Do you find that you've been successful in really getting clients or just profit um, in that way from your audience on Instagram? Yes. Yes. Almost. I have to say about 75% of the clients that I take on, even if it's just a consultation, come through Instagram. Um, So as I try, well, number one, I'm a realist. So I try not to put on anything different than what I am in real life so that when clients approach me, they understand who they are working with from the beginning. So it's, it cuts down on the interview process when there's that first client designer meeting happens. So I, most of the time I'm doing most of the interviewing because a lot of the people that contact me see my feed, they know my taste, they understand how I am personally. Um, So a lot of the interviewing is me finding out who they are. But if I only posted things that were um, stagnant, like interiors and not necessarily me, or you didn't see me on stories, then there, that does create a little bit more of a barrier of them trying to figure out who I am as a person to see if they want to work with me personally. Um, So which is another reason why I put a lot of myself and my personal life and day-to-day life and rants on a random (laughs) um, out there so people understand me as a person. So walk us through that a little bit. Um, You know, you don't have to give away too much, but essentially someone or someone just kind of like sliding in your DMS and saying, Hey, design my house. Like what, what realistically, um, because I think that's what some, you know, designers kind of expect maybe to happen, you know, they start sharing, you know, 
portfolio pictures or whatever on their feed and they're expecting, you know, their DMs or maybe if they have a link in their bio, that email to kind of start exploding. In, in a real world context, what does that look like? In real world context, that happens maybe once a month. <laughs> like it's not a every day. You're not getting 10, uh, 10 DMs a day. Like, oh my God, I want to hire you. Um, so, well, at least that's not for me. Um, however, when I do get interest via Instagram, number one, a lot of people, as much information as I have in my profile, like you can call me, you can email me, you can go to my website, like there are instructions there. A lot of people are just going to hit you up in your DMs. And previously I was like, okay, well tap the link in my uh, profile and shoot me an email. Like you're cutting down on the time that that client will immediately hire you. So you have to be able to engage people where they are, which is in their DM. So I provide as much information as I can via direct message and Instagram. If I feel like if it's going to get a little long winded or I can't type with my thumbs very well, <laughs> then I go, Hey, can I have your email address? And I will email you right now to give you more information about what is working with me. Um, and maybe we can set up a consultation, but 90, 90% of my business currently is strictly consultations, uh, which is actually great for me. I don't have the time or bandwidth to take on 10 full-on renovation client projects because I just don't have that type of time. But I do have the time to do one consultation every weekend, um, which is great profitability. I walk in and I walk out with my money. And I have no strings attached to that client that um, requires any more of my time. So if I'm able to to turn those inquiries inquiries into a consultation, then I feel like I've won. And maybe one out of every five clients I'm even interested in converting into a full time client. Um, I'm typically able to to make that conversion. But a lot of the times consultations allow me to see that not every client is intended to be my client. I don't want to work with everyone that contacts me. Um, they may not have a budget that fits what they need. Um, we may not fit personally. Um, there are a lot of different aspects that go into that consultation where you're able to walk away and decide whether or not you want to work with that client, not just if that client wants to hire you. Yeah, because so by now they know you from your feed, but as yes. you said, now you have to get to know them. And while the consultation may be great, um, it's, it's like a job interview. It's we, a job we interview. had a great conversation, but you know what? Long-term, mm, this is not going to work for me. This isn't going to work. Yes. I can, I can see how, um, prepared they are like are they serious about taking on a project right now are they a little wishy-washy do they even know what they want how much work am I going to have to put into this emotionally um, let alone physically and creatively um, so I get to make those decisions almost immediately in that consultation or right after um, so yeah you're not wanting to convert every consultation to a client I mean unless you're just out here trying to get it but yeah. Fortunately, having this full-time job with Stash gives me the leniency to say yes and no to who I feel like I want to. 
you have the space to be a little bit more discerning with who you take on. Absolutely. And you said your feed has also yielded some brand relationships. Um, yes. What's that been like for you? Um, surprising, number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of those things you see happening with other people all the time. But the first time you get that email saying, hey, we want to work with you. It's it's one, like a little ego boosting. Um, it's like, but oh, also, but right. yeah okay so being able to say that companies on a broader scale find value in what you're doing is quite uh the compliment um so having companies um like especially seventh generation who's a great brand yes. to work with they have reached out to me on multiple occasions so not only to work with them once, but have them come back and say, we want to work with you again Mm -hmm. is the most incredible compliment ever. But having companies that trust your vision with their product is like unheard of. Yeah. Um, But you're not an ad agency. Exactly. I'm just, exactly. Um, So having them not only say, we love what you're doing, but hey, we want to pay you uh, to be a part of your space, then shoot, okay, oh. that's a whole nother avenue stream or revenue stream. So and it's. I love that you, um, sorry to interject, but I love that you specifically mm-hmm. were able to name one, you know, seventh generation. Yes. That's not something that's home adjacent at all. Not, Correct. Not, not, the core not creatively. Not yes. Exactly. Yes. Right. <laughs> In any way. So it, it was you bringing you to the table, putting your actual personality into the feed um, that made them go, hey, this is the right fit for whatever it is that we're working on. Yes. And it, it's one of those, it's very funny. It's It was my plants that had them find me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So, and that's like, just like my hair has a personality of, of its own and people want to talk about my hair all the time. People really want to talk about plants. Like I get... <laughs> So few design questions. It almost makes me question what I'm doing with my life sometimes. But people love to talk about plants and hair. So <laughs> you see a lot of plant life. And, and it's it's my love of plants that puts them out there in the forefront. But it's also everyone's inquisitiveness and awe of the fact that I have 30 house plants in my living room alone. That she, she really does, people, by the way. Yes, I literally do. Um, that one has my feet looking beautiful, but also gives people uh, almost a place to come for when they have these plant questions, since I have so many that they automatically assume I know everything there is to know about plants, which I don't, but it feels good to think that people do. Like I've had people go, I know I can Google this, but I thought I'd ask you first. And I'm like, oh, so you've come to me before Google. Yes. (laughs) And it's crazy because like I, I'm I'm actually currently scrolling your feed, and there's nowhere I land in the grid that does not have some green. Does not have green in it. Yes, of course there aren't in your house. Like I'm seeing photos from High Point, and there just happens to be a plant. There has right to be some plants it. in it. Yes, that that is one of my um, 
brand standards. Yes, it's it's one of my brand standards for my feed. It, it has to have something alive in it. It has to have a plant in it some somewhere to make it to the feed. Um, that's I, I one way it. I keep my feed consistent. You'll always see that thread of green somewhere. And, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen your feed, I definitely recommend they go look at it to understand what I'm saying. You know, it's not some sort of perfectly linear feed. Like, I've seen feeds no. that are, like, creating puzzle pieces. Oh, or like yeah. every other. I don't, I don't have time for that. I can't do that. No. Yeah, like, the filter <laughs> that kind of is the same. That's not what's happening here. But that, that plant life, the plants and the purple hair. Kind of keep yes. it keep always it consistent. The thread that's always there. You know whose page you're on if you're looking at that grid. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm, that makes me, you know, super excited um, for something that you have that you're working on. And I know our listeners are going to be excited too. You're going to be doing a workshop on using Instagram to get your following, but also get paid. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, I have been contacted by what used to be, it's getting ready to go away, which makes me sad, but the Memphis College of Arts um, is being converted into more of a um, community-based learning situation. Like it's all still in the works right now, Um, but the university is going away, but they're going to utilize the facility as a place where people of the community can come and still learn about things that they need, especially the young entrepreneur. So I have the opportunity to teach a workshop um, this February on garnering, on converting those Instagram followers to revenue and what it takes to have a good looking Instagram feed, what it takes to garner engagement on stories and your feed and then what happens when you're contacted through Instagram by that potential client or that potential customer, where you should be feeding them, where they should be directed to, what that conversation looks like, and then how to maintain that relationship with that customer after the first purchase. And then knowing that your revenue doesn't solely have to be through clients and customers. You have these cross-promotional things where you can work with other brands, um, whether you're promoting other brands locally or working with brands on a national level, everyone is looking to promote their stuff that they want to get sold. Just because you're selling something doesn't mean that you can't partner with an extension of your brand uh, to also bring in revenue for yourself. And I think that comes back to one of the things you said earlier about that self-reflection. Really think about who you are, what you love, how you show up in the world. And that could kind of really open up a lot of opportunities. That's exactly Um, right. A lot of people, you know, they see their feed and they want to build the followers, um, but they don't connect the bridge of converting the followers to profit. So I'm excited that you're doing this workshop. Now, is this going to be for local um, people only or someone who, you know, I'm in the state of Washington, for example. But I'm interested. Could I, you know, get in on this as well? This currently the workshop that is scheduled is for local people only. Um, I am in the works, though, on trying to put this on a platform to where it's available to everyone that can't be in the Memphis area on that day. So currently, it's for our Memphis local area people, but don't fret, people, if you're not in the Memphis area, I'm trying to get it to where I can get it to you guys, too. 
awesome. And by the time this goes live, that will probably already be sorted out. <laughs> so all, all, all of those details, I will definitely have them in the show notes. You know, if you want to check out the workshop, you'll be able to get all that information. But for someone who just wants more of you and what you're putting out there, the plants, the purple hair, the beautiful interior, all of it, um, where can they find you and stalk you and be your friend? Well, every day you can find me on Instagram at newbie interiors. That's N-U-B-I interiors. And of course, my blog, which is cohesiverandomness.blogspot.com. Um, but yeah, you can find me at both of those places. If I'm not in one, I'm in the other. But you can find me on Instagram every day. I told my husband, if I ever go missing, just check, check my Instagram page and you'll know something is up. I leave clues, whatever. But you can always find me on Instagram. She's not joking. She is not. I remember the first time watching your stories. I didn't realize the dots got that small. Like, oh, these, these are a lot of stories. But, you know, in the best possible way, because as you said, that's how people got to know you. Yes. You're telling a story. You're telling your story. And so I know this workshop is going to be amazing. Definitely go and follow Carmion on Newbie Interiors. Thank you for hanging out with us today. I do have one last question for you. Okay. What has been, whether it's in your life, in your business, what has been influencing you lately? Hmm. What is influencing me lately? You know... What influences me on a daily basis is just that moment to moment, what am I doing to make myself a better person and to make this world better? So it's, it's, it's just a day-to-day consciousness. Am I doing everything I can or am I doing what I need to do to take care of myself? Or am I doing what I need to do to be a better person to the people that surround me? So just being conscious of being better. That's my influence. I love that. that that's self-awareness. I love it. Self-awareness. Yes, that's my influence. Self-awareness. Love it. Carmion, thank you again for hanging out with me today. And we will talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye. How amazing was Carmion? I could have talked to her forever. So I really, really hope that you guys not only enjoyed the conversation, but really walked away feeling like you had some clarity on how you could possibly juggle your full-time job with your side job, how you could juggle your lifestyle with your business, how you can better use your Instagram. I'm super excited for what she has in the works. If you are in the Memphis area, head over to the show notes on the designinfluence.com forward slash podcast. (laughs) I don't know why that got stuck, but head over to the design influence forward slash podcast so that you can get all the details on the workshop. Again, if you are local to the Memphis area, this is something that you are not going to want to miss out on. And if you are not already following Carmion, you can find her on Instagram at newbie interiors. So that's N-U-B-I interiors and join the 12,000 plus people that have been living for and loving for her purple hair, her plants, and just all the bits and pieces of her life. You know, that is something that I know you won't regret. 
So thank you again for hanging out with me today. If you're listening to the episode, be sure while you're listening to take a screenshot, tag me um, at The Design Influence, tag Carmion, and let us know what you loved about today's episode. Go show her some love and show me a little bit of love. And then also, if you haven't already, be sure to rate and review the show. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what you're loving. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. I don't want to just leave it here. So let's keep the conversation going over on Instagram at The Design Influence or on the Facebook page, The Design Influence. To dig in a little bit deeper into today's episode, you can head over to thedesigninfluence.com forward slash podcast for all of the show notes. But while you're listening, be sure to take a screenshot of the episode so that you can tag the design influence and let me know what your favorite takeaway was. What resonated with you? What made you go, oh snap, that's me. I needed this. I would love to know. And now go forth and create your influence and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.